Yeah, with 14 different phones on the table. Let's get started. Ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, welcome to The Drop. Today's episode is innovation for geniuses. Now, you've heard a bit from us on curiosity for geniuses and kind of how the brain gets moving in a way that maybe helps us develop some of what we're going to talk about here today. Uh, we welcome back Rami Katrib, CEO and founder of Digital Film Tree. Gregory Stein, our general counsel and head of product, very important combination in this discussion. <laughs> and Kip Kroger, welcome him back to a pseudo pitch, supervising producer for Ted Lasso and a myriad of other shows you know and love. Welcome back. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, I know wait, it was wait. a rough call. I'm not sure I wanted any of you guys, but it seemed to fit you. this. Yeah, topic. you were kind of stuck with it after a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. It, it seemed apropos. Did you mention Emmy winning? Now Emmy winning, <laughs> and Emmy award winning supervising producer of Ted Lasso, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Kip Kroger. <laughs> so, uh, guys, do you know why you're here? Do you? Actually wrap your heads around, I know you do. I feel like this is one of these classes I'm supposed to attend where you listen to geniuses talk and then I learn a lot. See? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like every day at the office. So speech, Gregory, speech. Oh my goodness, speech. I'm just kidding, this is my show. Oh. Uh, so. <laughs> I was like, okay, let me get, the, let me get it out. <laughs> so we have done quite a bit of innovation here at Digital Film Tree over the years, especially in the last uh, I would say the last 10 years is DFT's version of an industrial revolution, would you say? I mean, I think the, the, the transition from Final Cut 7 was definitely like a, a pivot moment where we were using this tool forever, since Scrubs, since Cold Mountain, since Napoleon Dynamite, since the beginning. But like Scrubs was literally the first organized scripted TV show that used Final Cut. So there we were. Um, and then it went away. So then we had to essentially use the tools that editors were using all along. And then we had to find new things to brace to. And we braced to resolve, right? So we were like, again, like the first to like use resolve right out of the gate, 2009. And, and then we ended up, everything we did was based on those pivots, you know, Avid, Resolve, more visual effects. Specifically in the last 10 years, you sold Critique. We did double down on Resolve as our platform of choice, mm -hmm. um, which is also not to say that we're not agnostic. It's just that Resolve for us has touched every department and makes... Allows you to be agnostic. It, it yeah. allows us to be agnostic because it just helps all of the workflows but also is interchangeable with a lot of different programs that allow us to say, yeah, we can do that. It's, it's not uncommon and it's not out of our workflow. It's a seamless switch. Um, we saw the advent of GeoPost, mm -hmm. of which you benefit mightily and have helped evangelize and you have actually, were officially patented. Right? Yes. yes. Well, patent pending. Patent pending. Patent pending. Yeah, we got to be technical here. <laughs> I like that he was like product, product manager, general counsel. Yes. Um, and Cinecode. And so we won't go into too far about what those mean because you can watch what the fuck is Cinecode, Lasso Previs, what the fuck is GeoPost, 
dailies for lasso, etc. ad nauseum, and you uh, download it, so you love it. So there you go. <laughs> um, Gregory, you have known Rami how long? Uh, a little over 10 years now. Have you had a nap? <laughs> no. No, because this Not guy really. just keeps innovating. Oh, yeah. So here's the thing that I want to unpack before we go into the very important part of like protecting your innovations. Sure. But for any of you, what actually makes it happen? So when we talked about curiosity for geniuses and like, I just, Duck and I kind of talked about the fact that we like to break things. We like to explore things. We're not beholden to what once served us, especially if it doesn't serve us now. What is it that could make it more efficient? Those are all wonderful ideas, but it doesn't mean that they actually come to fruition. Right. It doesn't mean mm -hmm. that you actually have a product or a service or a workflow on the other side of it. How do you get to that point? How do you put it into play? I've worked with you long enough now where I know how you do it, how I do it, how we do it. I'd like to know how you keep us legal and sure. move it, moving it forward. And then I'd love to hear from, from you who could often have a lot at risk when leveraging something new to try out and what allows you to kind of switch that. But Gregory, how do you get us from a great idea to practicality and battle testing? Well, the first part is, is obviously that being okay with doing something new. So much of what people do is just I'm happy with how things work and I want to live with that, right? So it starts with curiosity, which is I want to see if there's a better way. The innovation is pushing past all the barriers that come from that of trying to sell other people on this new idea, of pitching it to other people, saying, I have this great new way of doing things. I know we've done it this way all this time, but we're going to do it a different way. And taking all the no's, taking the feedback, and pushing through it to then develop a product that eventually can get those people that were so against it to say, okay, I'll give it a tr try. Take a little bit of it, see if it works for me. And then of course, there's a lot of hard steps in between that, taking that feedback, not taking it personally, uh, and then <laughs> continuing to innovate on the product because maybe what you initially had, maybe it was a great idea, but it wasn't the great idea for everybody else and molding it to what will work for everybody else and help build and sell the product. Is that kind of where proof of concept? Yeah. Three darling words we hear in the halls. <laughs> is that where that comes in for us? Of course, yeah. Everything starts with the proof of concept with building your first idea and then letting that baby go and see what happens. Yeah, but we've had such a, a volume of innovation we're not afraid of testing anything out. Mm -hmm. If it's if it's got some legs, we're gonna try and let it run. But if it falls down, great, that's okay too. Right. Um, Rami, how do you kind of pick and choose? Because there are so many wonderful things for us to play with and do and challenges to solve, but how do you pick and choose when, when it's not a KIP project? How do you pick and choose your <laughs> proofs of concept? <laughs> How do I decide? Well, I, I'll tell you right now, I'm more influenced by what's coming from others to us, that we have close relationships. Even though you said, how do I do it without Kip? Let me explain how I do it with Kip. Kip will call me for some idea, and he always has. You always have. You've always called <laughs> from the beginning since we've known each other. And sometimes you'll have a brilliant idea, and we would go, whoa, and then get into it. 
And then sometimes you'll ha he'll, he'll have an outlier idea. Like in the back of my head, I'm going, oh, that sucks. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> How do I say this to Kip? Or, I, or I'm thinking, it won't scale. Mm -hmm. It'll solve like for maybe 15 people, but man, oh man, the resources needed to do that. I mean, like, yes, it's a good idea, but it's not worth the time when you factor everything in. It's that human back and forth is where you find truth because at the end of the day, I think as we've grown up and I think become a little bit more wise, I think we're way more particular about the problems we will solve. And we're gonna talk a lot about it and we're gonna disagree and people are gonna put their hand up and say, no, no, this is burning house situation. And someone will say, I don't think so. You know, we're gonna, we're just gonna let that lie, find another solution in the marketplace. But now it's like being really particular what you innovate on because time and resource is scarce. That's... We're, we're independent. No one, there's no corporate overlord. We have to make the decisions that will push us forward or not, or some, some place in the middle. Because we've definitely had our asses handed to us with like, you know, uh, ideas that seem brilliant, but they just never manifested for whatever reason. That's a pretty important point that we'll come back to, um, that we are our own masters, we're beholden to no one. And I think that's a very, very big guiding force and opportunity for us because we're not a giant ship. It doesn't take a lot to steer it and move it quickly. Um, but that is why there's so many educated, well thought out, battle tested as best we can before we unleash it on anyone, even upon ourselves, because the innovation, the, the success or fail of it could have an impact on us. Um, so, but with that, speaking of time and resources, Kip, how do you decide one, it's something you want to explore. Two, when we have explored it and then leveraged it, you're, these are like live active shows. Like you then have to deliver. And there's a, there's a component of trust, of course, but like going through the process of innovating with us, of seeing an idea through to, you know, formal conception, put it on paper, starting to battle test. But then you have to go get people to believe in it. Take us front to back how that well, happens. Well, I mean, look, necessity is the mother of all invention, at least for me. Like, it's, there's, there's things that, yeah, I've called up and been like, wouldn't it be cool if we could do this? And th those, are, those are ruminations that are fun to kick around with you, Rami, because we've talked about this stuff for years, you know? And it's fun to have someone to bounce an idea off and be like, is there anything to this or is this just me kind of ruminating? Mm -hmm. And just kind of kick those around. But the real interesting stuff has always come from a place of, What's going to make my life easier? What's going to save me time? What's going to ultimately save me money? What's going to put more money on the screen? And what's going to make this whole process more efficient in a way that why isn't it already more efficient already? You know, and that's, I think that's been a, the impetus for a lot of our conversations is why isn't this already yeah. the case, you know? And it's, it's been everything. I mean, the, one of the, mo the more recent ones was the first time we used the cloud on one of the shows. You guys have been putting it together and battle testing it and securing it and up, up you know, increasing the security and then triple increasing the security and then getting it vetted by every possible security checkpoint you could. And it was sitting there and you're like, we're, we have this thing that's ready to go. You know, this is something I, we'd love to talk to you about. And you told me about it. 
And I go, well, yeah, we're shooting a show in Prague, and I've got different VFX vendors. Can I, 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 can I use it for that? And you're like, yeah, we can make it. We can definitely use it for that. We ingest all your dailies, and it's available to everybody. And you did. And and the whole thing, so much of this is is a. There's two things. There's the yes, we can do it, and then we always have some version of the conversation. What's the worst case if this tanks? Like. This falls apart. What's the worst that happens? Well, if the worst that happens is we bring in all we bring all the footage over, and one of two things is going to happen: the cost to execute it is going to either be more than I can afford, or in the spirit of you guys always being so collaborative with making it a feasible endeavor for us, is it something you lose money on? Mm -hmm. And then, if you're going to, is it worth the long, the long term? scale that like hey we may not this may not be profitable this season but road testing like having the show as a beta tester and actually being able to execute it and see it in action and see where the problems are yeah. is worth that loss and then we'll figure out you know we won't be committed to whatever the pricing structure is this season knowing that we're figuring it out together yeah. so let's reevaluate once we get through a season and it did and it was it was a game changer for that show because we had stuff coming from Prague, we switched major VFX vendors in the middle of the season. Mm -hmm. We were adding other VFX vendors, and we were getting overloaded. And every time we did it, you were like, "Yeah, no problem. Yeah, we got that covered. Yeah, here, sign them in. Call Nancy. Sign them in there. Get them on board." Like this is, it was effortless. And all of a sudden, I went from something that ate a ton of time doing VFX polls and spending a lot of time in bays and losing man hours to doing stuff, just disappeared completely. And so then when we finish that show, and you go, hey, you know, we also like, if we do it as part of, if we do dailies as part of it, it's even more efficient because it actually goes right there from the gate. Yeah. There's no packing. I was like, really? But you guys are doing dailies cheaper than anybody else is doing. So how does this work? And we factored in the pricing of that. And I was like, I, I'm still my my show's still coming out ahead. Are you like, are you sure this is sustainable for like for us to be able to? Because if I lock this into my budget, then I do become kind of married to it going forward. Now we've tested it out a bit. We've made sure this kind of fits. This is something that works for you guys, and it and it worked even better doing it with dailies. Yeah. I remember when you brought me in to talk about previs, and you were like, "We've been trying something with these game engines. That I'd love to show you if you've got time." <laughs> and I come in, and you guys have like this sort of. It really felt like what you see people doing when they're just testing it out. Like literally there was like a, a, a psych set up and there was, you know, a gear you put on your head and you could check it out. And then, you know, you had Andrea showing me how you could adjust things in real time and plan a camera and move a camera and change a lens and all the stuff. And I was like, this is kind of fun. I don't know what on earth I could ever do with this. Yeah. And but that. it's really fun. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I mean, I love to play in the VR space. Like this is something I don't get to do, you know? Yeah. And I think it was a month later, because I was like, what, do you, what could you use this for? And you're like, well, you know, we can use this for visualization, we can use this for animation, we can use it for pre-visualization, like whatever it may be. And we got into, we fired up Ted Lasso, and they go, all right, so there's these little bits of soccer in there, but we're not gonna shoot them until the end of the season. And I go, guys, I can't, we've got a new show that's unproven, it's untested, no one knows anything about it, and in my first, three episodes, I've got these segments of, of story that happens on the soccer field or the football pitch that if you send a cut to the network with just a slug in there, yeah. they're going to go, eh, I don't get it. And they're, we're going to miss stuff and it's not going to sell 
the show, which is still in sales mode at that stage. Yeah. So I remember calling you up and being like, so could you use that for like, for, for sports, like for previous, like previous sports stuff? And you're like, I don't see why not. And I was like, all right, well, let me send you a clip. Could you do it like tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and again, like you're like, well, let's see. And Andrea, you know, didn't sleep and sat down and did this amazing thing and be, it was just a little segment to be like, here's what it could look like. Yeah. Players moving, blocking, cameras here, here's your shots, what do you think? And I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Let me show it to people to get them conditioned to go, hey, we're gonna have to spend money doing this and here's why. And everybody loved it. That's a wow. lot to unpack because, but I mean, I think. You gotta tell me to stop. You know, I just kind of go. No, <laughs> no, 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 I have um, two, two things that really resonate with me with what you said. So. Well, because I think truncated segue wise for, for either of you to respond to that, um, conditioning people to use a tool. And then I think the hardest tranche for any of us to clear has been creating a line item that mm -hmm. you're gonna have to spend money yes, on it. that's but, one of the things. But the, I mean, myself, why I transitioned out of entertainment for a few years was because the, the pivot from film to digital was no pivot at all. It was this long, burning, sluggish, mm -hmm. several different cameras, figure it out. Oh God, there's data involved. Oh man, that means security. I don't know that we can, wait, who, where should we? I don't, and I didn't have the patience for that. So yeah. I just jumped straight into data and software as a service and every Google certification, every, like anything that I could learn about software, building it, breaking it, deploying it, protecting it, dismantling, any of that, I wanted to go learn that. But it all became relevant here. And this long haul of getting people used to something that's good for them, like that is a challenge in and of itself, yes. getting people used to something that's good for them yes but then getting them to pay for it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and and just to dig into that like the two examples you use like you know production in the cloud we had done that before lasso when lasso happened and i guess it was fortuitous because apple is an up, up and coming studio and we've been working with apple since 1999 so how odd is that it took root and even before it took root there, we would put it forward because we knew it would help production. So if you centralize all the camera raw and then grant everyone access, then efficiency goes up. So we knew that. However, we couldn't get paid for it because it was novel. So we did it. So that there we would invest, but we would invest because we're investing in each other. We know each other, right? And then over time, the benefits of having access instead of physically moving media all over and having duplication and inefficiency, then it was easier for people around you, like the stakeholders, editorial, uh, studio, pro promo departments, other vendors, like it becomes kind of clear that this is pretty efficient. Generally, people are not angry at that. And then, and then you have leverage and then we start saying, oh my God, we can maybe get paid for this. 
well then that revalidates that this thing has merit or has sustainability because it's providing tangible benefit but there is a back and forth we have to invest in it when we're innovating it's not like people show up and go oh my god we want to pay you for this and we have huge budget something that's never been said in television um, it's always investing trying to have it take root and it's completely independent of the, te the tech part of it yeah. it's just like the, the 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 legacies the politics the psychology and the Every production is a different circumstance. And it's also inflection points. You know, that's the other thing that I think the timing is so crucial to this. Because when you introduce something like that and we do it for a season and we literally, I remember sitting in the, I remember being on the, being, sitting in a driveway in my car talking to you trying to figure out how, what pricing felt fair to just try it for the season. Mm -hmm. And being like, let's try this and then let's look at it. And at the end of that season, we looked at it and I was like, okay, uh, this is creating savings that that can more than cover this yeah like and there's a there may and i remember talking to you because it was like but this is also i'm not sure it's broken up right and we re reassigned the way it would fit into the post package yeah. of what we were doing yeah and the your foresight to have those conversations to to present it as as something that's going to help you you know as something that's a manageable cost Mm -hmm. take possibly take the hit on it for a second while we figure out how it actually factors into everything and then go how does this look from your end now like how did it do and we go yeah it helped and let's let's change the way we build this because it actually to be fair to everybody to be fair to the process to be fair to what we're using and how it's working mm -hmm. it actually needs to function a little differently yeah to you yep. know to add to this I think both of you also made this sound a little bit easier than what it is. Also, I mean, this... Oh, that's my thing, man. Yeah, but, but, but we're, we're lucky to be working with someone like you that is open to doing these things. You know, you, you are looking for new solutions and you're, and you're willing to go through, you know, the legwork of, of testing, you know, testing it out with us. You know, not a lot of people out there have that mindset to sit through and, and try to, to work through it. Um, I remember when we were getting started with cloud, you know, first it was you told people what the cloud was and they go, what is that? I have no idea. And you're having to explain this thing to them that's been out there for, for several years at that point, but they just, what is it? Then you started having the weird, oh, we're going to put it on Amazon. And they like practically spit in your face. They'd be like, oh, I don't want to be part associated with them or I don't want to be associated with Google. Like, I don't want to be this big tech. No, no big tech in Hollywood, right? And it was so, and it was so hard to like get past mm -hmm. that point with the te with the technology, and and the key part, you know. So just like with the cloud services, being with someone like Kip that was like, yeah, cool, great, and then seeing the potential, and then you know, with critique having people that were saying, okay, we're going to try this new piece of software. Like I, you know, the cloud is not scary. It's going to be okay. It's going to help mm -hmm. us. Um, and then with, you know, even Cinec you know, with Cineco doing previs, right, that people were okay with that. But it was, it was so hard to find the right people that were okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think even efforts that, you know, dissipate have meaning, mm -hmm. you know. Like I remember, like we were, we had actually implemented a feature on Critique 
where the camera raw was accessible for download. Yes. We did that. I know. Like six, six years ago? Yeah, we did that. Like, we did that. Yeah, like seven, six on or seven years AWS. ago. On AWS. On AWS. And then you had people stare at you like, oh, I don't get it. Yeah, like that didn't <laughs> really have traction. Yeah. You know, at well, the time. But it's funny because I was actually going to bring it up too because I think part of the fun of talking innovation is talking about the busts. <laughs> you know, and like you yes. said, like you said though, there there are times when I can feel you on the other end of the line going. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. All right, I guess we'll muddle through this one for a minute till he gets off this kick. <laughs> yeah. And one of those was during COVID, this idea of DFT Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> of DFT's version because because the offerings when lockdown first hit yep. were were painful. Yes. You know, they Evercast <laughs> Evercast was out there and people had used it some, but it was it it was a resource hog on the machines. It was latency wasn't great and it did horrible when you scaled the number of participants. Yeah. And it was a huge issue for us. And then there was nothing else at that stage that did it well because none of the zooms or facetime or any none of that kind of stuff let you feed your system right into it yeah and you guys dug into it we said you know is there a way and you're like well, we're actually playing with something but to you being smart about it as always you guys were thinking in the finishing space much like you've already been doing mm -hmm. final review remote you were like we're gonna build from that standpoint yes because we already have we already have use cases for this we already have situations where it makes sense for this, we can mm -hmm. already monetize it, and we have a framework that we can leverage to build something like this, and we think we can use it to build better than what's out there. Yes. And we went through eight months of me calling me like, so what about this? <laughs> hey, can, when, can you prioritize this stupid yeah. thing I care about because yeah. I think this is going to make a difference? And, we, and boy, did we. I mean, we hit that hard. You know, we were coming out of the steam uh, Steam Link, which worked remarkably well. Um, no, so we let that go, you know, and then pivoted towards what Greg is doing. So now. wisely, though. That's what I. That's the yeah. point I wanted to get to. Yeah, that's a really good example. I mean, we picked up that project because we saw a gap right at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, there was like this missing area, and um, we hired up developers and hit it hard. And it all had to do with color fidelity. Uh, ease of use, right? Yeah. Right. So what we were doing would resolve. Still, people have a hard time understanding. That's resolve, synchronize with virtual databases that oversee online color VFX inserts, VFX reviews. That's high end. You have a calibrated monitor, and you're working with the unadulterated camera raw in your home and wherever. So that's that. Then we were like, well, how about for everyone else? I just need a stream to their iPhone, to their iPad, to their desktop, to any monitor they have. So our first endeavor kind of overshot it in the sense that once you get into the particulars of color science across various monitor types, well, that's a universe unto itself. Um, so we decided just to focus on the fidelity part, not the Zoom, the conferencing, feature-rich experience, because at the end of the day, Zoom really got it done. I mean, it was shocking because at the it beginning, it was more like at the end of the month or end of the <laughs> yeah. year. Like it, it became was, clear because yeah, they they yeah. built up their infrastructure because that yeah. was the part yeah. that yeah. they were lacking. But I remember the phone call because after yeah. four months of being like, "What about this feature? What about the yeah. being able to conference as part of it? What about yeah. 
And you guys being like, it's a few weeks away. No, no, okay. I remember that phone call from the parking lot. Kip, you got to let it go. Zoom did it. Right. That yeah. was literally what it was, is you were like, no, Zoom just released their update, and yeah. there's no reason for us to be in this space anymore. Yes. Yep. And, and literally, that was a flip of a switch. Mm -hmm. And we we pivoted all the shows over to just using Zoom for it and yeah. haven't gone back. Yeah. And I was heavily influenced by meeting up with some of my you know, technical and cloud architecture friends and colleagues and learning specifically what Zoom did to scale. And that positively influenced me. I was like, oh shit, they did all that? Okay, I think we're fine there. Let's pay attention on the fidelity part, the, the high resolution viewing, which I think will always be part of our experience. Yeah. At the end of the day, you have to look at something or you're gonna assign someone, right, to look at something on your behalf and they have to judge it well. If it's fuzzy, if it's not clear, then like bad check can happen, right? And, and doing it for everyone that needs to have that kind of viewing experience at scale, you know? That's, we're still doing that. Yeah. How do you protect any or all of this? Oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, lots of NDAs. NDAs for anybody we ever talk to or plan on yeah. talking to before we do it. Everybody here is really good about having visitor NDAs or letting you know whether it's going to be a talk or things like that. So we do that. Um, then it's the different various types of intellectual property that we're trying to protect. So if it's, uh, we always start with our trademark because we're very like, we love this name for this thing. Let's make sure we get the trademark. So we get a like, you know, Safety vis. Safe. I have so many trademarks for, for the company and so many that have died on the vine. But it's, but yeah. And then, you know, we do the patent pending for some of the work we're doing for GeoPost. And then just making sure that anytime we interact with other companies, because a lot of times we partner with other companies or work with them, that we have, you know, a licensing agreement, a partnership agreement, something to outline it. Because it's real easy to solve these problems before they come become problems. Like, hey, let's all decide we're all in really friendly terms. Mm -hmm. Everything's being figured out. Like, what the rules of engagement are? What's it going to be like? So then when the issue happens, you go, here's the piece of paper. It says, this is what we do in this situation. Great. Nobody's upset. It's really hard to solve problems when there's no paperwork to do it. Because then it's like, well, but I felt like it should have, our agreement was this. Well, I understood yeah. it to be like this. Okay, well, who wins? <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, so here's here's kind of a pool that I want us to, to wade into, sure. which touches on, especially what the two of you said, um, but we don't have to invent the wheel every time. Mm. There are lots of people out there doing things that are either a good entryway into the solution or addressing a part of the other larger problem that we were addressing. So, uh, Gregory, a lot of research has fallen to fall into you sure. to kind of sort those things out. But then how does that come to fruition? Like here was the end result of like, look, you can do mock-ups on Zoom. They finally allowed for this, multiple screens, high fidelity, blah, blah, blah. But we have a partnership currently building on Cinecode mm -hmm. that we have to flesh out and watch, you know, solve onset problems versus the pre-planning side of it. And with GeoPost, giant corporations who are interested in it to get us to the last mile. But all of these take time and fleshing out. But how do you, how did you say, kind of carve out the niche for someone? Like we focus on one part of it. 
but even that one part still needs collaborators. Like, yes. how do you, how do you discern that? I mean, well, oh no. Oh well, I was gonna say, I was gonna say actually about you, you're really good about seeing where people in the industry are maybe ignored, right? So when we were building critique, there was already picks, picks, picks existed, um, as well as others at the time for doing, you know, dailies viewing, right? But it was still new. And because of the clients that we serve, you know, traditional television shows, there wasn't really anybody catering to them. If you were a big t uh, film, then you had a solution, but regular TV didn't have that solution. That's right. And so it really was, okay, well, there's a lot of TV out there and no one really seems to care, you know, they had, you know, and so let's build a solution that works for them. It's maybe not going to have every single feature that Pix has, but it doesn't need it, right? We're tr mm -hmm. We know we know that space really well. So, rather than being some outside company telling TV productions, this is what you want, we go, no, no, no. We know exactly what you need, and all this other stuff is superfluous. It doesn't matter, right? We're going to build that little niche niche tool that you need uh, mm -hmm. for your problems. And so, that experience and understanding is sort of what drove the innovation there. Mm -hmm. There's there's two two things that are interesting to me about the way you handle this stuff. One is you've repeatedly over the years seen, like Gregory just pointed out, things being done for features, for big, huge budget features, and going, there's no reason TV shouldn't be able to use something like this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's about democratizing this, this asset or this platform or this you know, workflow or whatever it may be, just because big, like if a big feature is using it now and it's costing a gargantuan amount of money, it's only a matter of time before it comes into a TV space. Mm -hmm. So let's check this out now and figure out how to help it get there faster and then we'll do it with them. Yeah. And the second part that always really amazes me is the way you interface with what is out there. It's the reaching out to, it's the, the relationships with Resolve, with Unity, with Unreal, with Apple, like all of these different companies, there, there's not a preciousness of we must build it from the ground up. It is, there are tools out there, we should partner with them and leverage that to make it better or yeah. leverage it to apply it. And then we've got, a, and then they can keep improving what they're doing mm -hmm. and it's only going to improve what we're doing. Yeah. Well, there's actually some yeah. irony there because you um, often serve as our front facing conduit for people who don't believe that's possible. So like even recently, we got you on the phone with somebody that was like, we have this ginormous project has to happen within two, three months, so many shots, and they just did not believe us. They flat out did not believe that we could handle like 30 minutes of content <laughs> inside of two months. Yeah. And I was like, respectfully, sir, we handle 30 minutes of content in a week. And it was just, they, no, I think they must be doing it wrong. There can't possibly be a way that you would, th that's wrong. And I was like, his name is Kip Kroger. I would like for you to meet him. And they did. And how do you go into a conversation like that where like, you've seen it, you know it works. Do you feel a little crazy? How do you take a beat to help unpack that and evangelize it to someone? Oh, it's just fun. <laughs> I mean, it's so fun because it really, it's the same reason, you know, I've always gotten excited about the latest tech that comes out. Yeah. You know, and you go to your parents you or you have. go to whoever and you go, 
you got to see this. And they yeah. go, well, why? Like, I like the laptop I've got. And I go, but you don't understand what this one will let you do. And they go, but I have a laptop. I go, yeah, but look at the way this, this one can one. do these things. Yes. And that's always been fun for me. And so being able to do it on another level, to do it in a creative space, to do it in, in something where I'm going, I've, there's, there's tools that you don't even know about. There's tools that, and, and these guys have found a way to approach, to use the tools differently than somebody else is doing it at a fraction of the cost, mm -hmm. twice the efficiency. And, and you, if you use them now, you're one of the early ones getting a, to do this. You know, you're gonna be one of the first ones, you're gonna get their full attention because they yeah. really wanna show you the same thing they've showed me, that it can be done in a great way. Yeah. Here's a question though, because you touched on they can do it, you know, more affordably, faster. Uh, there's an old adage that like pick two out of three, cheaper, better, or faster. Yeah. That hasn't that hasn't necessarily been our thing here mm -hmm. at DFT. Um, mostly because, and I'm going to put this as delicately as I can, but there are a lot of folks who are beholden to technology that didn't necessarily serve them, but they spent a lot of time and money developing it or buying it, and that becomes a consequence that's passed on to their clients. For us, again, going back to the fact that we don't have masters, we're very proud of the fact that not only did we weather so many different changes in this industry, but that we've remained whole, we've continued to grow, we've continued to develop product, and so there's no Telesony Bay in there that we have to finish paying off. There is no, um, you know, dailies carts that we have to finish paying off. Like we have partners that we trust to actually work with on some of these innovations. Um, but then also once they no longer serve us, we can partner again to build again mm -hmm. and build again and build again. And so it's less about worrying about profit margin, if you will, so cheaper, better, faster, when like there's plenty of technology that's like, we're, we're cutting down to like a margin of like 7% profit. That's not necessarily a space that we find ourselves in because we architected the workflow or we daisy chained the hardware yeah. or we, any number of those things that made it worthwhile almost at the first job. And so then you know, even with all of geo finish, like all of these things that existed, not because of a pandemic, but because the 405 is a nightmare and people are just not great drivers. All of those things, it was, it became a luxury because people didn't want to do that, but then it was an absolute necessity. But all of that had already been battle tested and profitable because we had long ago architected it and it was cheaper, better, faster. Well, yeah. And the, sorry, just what, the tiny thing. The I think the one thing that makes that triangle not a problem for you guys is it's not you don't treat it as a binary thing. It's not faster yes or no, cheaper yes or no, yeah. better yes or no. It is well we can get you know we can go twenty percent faster by compromising the quality seven percent, mm -hmm. and therefore the entire thing will be cheaper yeah. by thirty percent. Yeah. And the balance of managing the triangle is what I think that you guys do artistically, is, mm -hmm. is figuring out how to prioritize, well, in this case, geo-finish, the, the 
to quality, you can't compromise. Yeah. But we can we can make it cheaper than what other offerings are, and it will be more efficient than other offerings. But the quality has to be full bandwidth. You know, and finding the ways that on different products and different services and different in, you know uh, endeavors to adjust the triangle to fit the case makes the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think this is important because we're this is the closest thing digital film tree has done to marketing that you're going to find and yeah. it's because we we put the money on the screen if you will yeah. which is behind the screen but that's what's important to us and the drop came out of a need of we got to help people get back to work mm -hmm. they don't know what what can happen here let's let's show them gregory does that drive you nuts or do you just like because we don't, Rami doesn't. He would, he will put a rate card out there. He will list like, here's how we can help. But you know, to a certain degree, it's also like, it, there are people, let me put it this way. There are people who will not even talk about the shows they work on because they have this fear that someone's gonna like see their credits on their website and go after the clients. Whereas we, we can't handle every show in town. Right. But during the pandemic, especially, holy crap, a lot of shows were calling because they heard that we could help, but we couldn't help everybody. So we needed to get more people going. How does that, how do you even begin to navigate <laughs> Rami saying, tell them our prices, tell them the sauce, get people back to work. <laughs> well, you know, it's, I've done a lot of scary things for Rami over the years. So like whenever <laughs> a new one comes up, I'm, I'm so used to it by now. For that, it's just, once again, the boring lawyer side of things is like, as long as the paperwork's there, like I'm going to be happy and I'm going to feel safe. It's and at like, least fun watching you go hat. Yeah, hat, yeah, hat, that's hat, what hat, it is. Hat. Like, cause there's, because, you know, I, since I, I, I do product and that, you know, definitely I'm much more focused on not getting in the way of business, right? And, and I've seen what we've done and how we've done it across all these years. So I never, I always trust we're going the right direction, so I don't want to get in the way of it, right? So it's just making sure that I can be fast and adaptable to whatever the asks are. So when the so when the pandemic hit, right, it's like, okay, uh, we're gonna start hiring all these new people and working with new contractors and new services. It's like, okay, cool. Really right. quick, when the pandemic hit, we said, we're gonna hire a bunch of these new people. Yeah. Yeah. Right. High five. Yeah, we started, I mean, we did. We started hiring. Uh -huh. It seemed illogical, but in retrospect, was not. Yeah. Well, and I can speak to that from a client side. When, that, when we took all our drives home and everybody started working from home, I called you guys and I said, How's, how are you guys looking? And you go, we, uh, we were shutting down for the rest of this week, moving everyone to their home offices, and we'll be fired up and ready to go Monday. And I said, all right, how, how's the cloud? because um, my other facilities... For to be clear, we, we did not shut down. It was like, Dylan, go! Carlo, go! Yeah. Aaron, go! Like, there was no... There, there was may not no, have even been a day. <laughs> there, there was, I, in my head, there was some sort of like half, it was, it was half the stutter transition. Yeah. yeah, it went from working from home being a routine thing right. yeah. to then working from home, you know... 100%. In a very formal... Hardcore. Here's right. your secure router. Yeah. Here is you working with yeah. Ty to get it set up. You Maybe know, that was calibrated monitor. There was all that, and Let's all I heard sure. was they'll have their stuff in a couple days. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 
It was more like, do you need lumbar support? Do you need the chair yeah. in your carpal and my, tunnel? And, and my question was, do, <laughs> do I need to worry about it? No. Yeah, no. Is it going to work? Yes. You know what's interesting? At that time, our industry still didn't have a framework no. for cloud networking and security. I checked in. I yeah. checked in with all my friends in Polyco. There's like, you know, there used to be resistance to working from home. In fact, there was kind of like, why? Because um, people own buildings. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so we just did it. We did it uh, from a leadership perspective because we had been talking about it and it was a full vacuum. So we just walked right into it. And now it seems to be that it's going to be a big part of our future. You well, know, but even more than that, you guys did that when other, the, the other facilities I was talking to were going, we don't know what state we're going to be in by the end of this week. Mm -hmm. I go, well, what about, you know, are you guys going to be open? Is there going to be a way to finish my episode that airs in two weeks? Mm -hmm. We're going to have to get back to you. Wait, wait, wait. So you're not sure that I'm going to have a way to finish my show or that the colorist is going to still be there or the online, like, we don't know. We're figuring this out in real time. Yeah. And I literally hung up the phone and called you and go, hey, here's my question. If I can get them to send over all the project files up to our cloud, are we covered? Because you have all my, all my raw media is up in the cloud. So... It, in theory, if you've got all the project files, the color, the resolve files from online and color, if they shut their doors, I should be able to either go come and have Thomas work on it or Lacan or go to another facility where there's another colorist that the DP likes or whatever it may be. But do will this infrastructure that we've kind of bet everything on setting up for the last couple of years, mm -hmm. will this save me again? And you go, yeah, no problem. So I called them back and I said, I want you to upload all the project files today, just in case. Mm -hmm. And they put them up there and we got lucky. They didn't close their doors. We finished the seasons, all the stuff. But we knew once again that we had a backup plan yeah. and that it was the flip of a switch for you guys, mm -hmm. which was really yeah. crucial. Yeah, and, and I want to circle back on a couple things that you guys said. Um, I think at this point in time, like Digital Film Tree still is like a technology workflow incubator and and we pivoted towards product creating something outright as an application as a product but you know all in all it it does feel more fun to incubate solutions for live storytelling like that's so dynamic and never ever boring um, so that's kind of where we are today. Like I'm much more favoring like solving problems that storytellers have because it's so dynamic, so interesting, and there's relationships there. So we're enamored with the problems. Yeah, like, but you know, when we, when we get a sense of something being exquisitely like fucked up hard, then it's kind of like the beginning of the interest in it, right? And then, and then we dig in. Now, Having said all that, I've never talked about how legal fits into that. I've never. I, I've, Why we I've have been a giving, Gregory? <laughs> I've been giving presentations for for a bit, right? Sure. Um, you know, I I always talk about interdisciplinary teams. Um, I'm fond of places like Stanford and academic environments that bring different disciplines together to solve the world's greatest problems. You being able to bring law and product management, mm. and then also, you know, virtual production producing and assisting and all the different things you do. Sure. 
I think the coolest thing about innovating and sometimes creating new IP, working with people, is that when we pivot you towards something, just generally, you don't cause problems. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to say no, really. It's kind of like, it's, yeah. it's similar to our security czar, Ty, mm -hmm. right? Usually when security is brought into the situation, it's like a roadblock. Usually the people involved, there's a negative feeling right out of the gate. Lawyers, usually a negative feeling right out of the gate. But you have done hundreds of contracts with studio departments, productions, uh, all manner of tech-related service and product, and you make it easy. And if I, if I didn't have that, I think it would just be a different universe uh, of like where we would be because legal oftentimes gets in the way. It kind of dampers the energy of a potential opportunity. Like if a, if a really sharp legal narrative is put forward, you're like, oh, okay, we're moving on. Have fun, right? Yeah. yeah. But if there's like, if there's synergy and the two legal sides are not in the way of, but encouraging that potential, you know, you, you, you are really, you've really made that happen. Well, I've never said that. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. No, but, but it makes sense. It, it really, honestly, like, I think if most lawyers, if lawyers actually watch this, they'd probably find this crazy, but, but it, it actually makes it easier because being involved in the product side I know exactly what we're trying to do. I know, I know what our end goal is, right? I'm meeting with the clients to get feedback and things like that. Normally when you're doing like an agreement or anything legal, it's like, you know, a game of telephone. Oh, oh, I talked to so-and-so and they told me and then we need an agreement to do this. You're the last one to know the priorities. You're the last one to know, yeah. right? I know all the priorities. I, designing the product. I'm working with the engineers every day. I know what we're trying to do. I know what the pitfalls are. I know exactly what's coming up. Mm -hmm. So so the reason why I can do it so fast is because I'm not playing catch up. Mm -hmm. It's not like, shoot, I got to go talk to so-and-so. And then I got to talk to so-and-so to find out actually what was really said and what's really going on. No, I know. You just say. You're also oh. helping assign the priority in a lot of ways, yeah. which I think makes a big difference. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yes. And so arbitrating. <laughs> I'm not an arbitrator, but, but yeah, you know, it, and there's a lot of crossover with that, with the product and, and with the legal there, you know, it, we touched upon a little bit with, you know, we haven't done a lot of marketing, but we've done a lot of embedding with clients, right? Mm -hmm. When we were, when we were doing critique, you know, I went out to every production we worked with or wanted to work with and would sit down in the room with them, whether it was, you know, on set in the office at their home. To be like, actually, I should clarify and not throw off your, sure? your train of thought. We were working with Pixar, uh -huh. The Simpsons, yep. Modern Family, all TNT TV shows, yeah. and, and other really high profile environments. Right. So, yeah. just context. No, 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 exactly. And, you know, NCIS LA, and then a bunch of pilots and new shows and everything like that. And, and we were working right with them to be like, Okay, what is your what is your pain point? What can we do to solve your problems? And I and I think that um, not only helped with the products that we were designing, but also, you know, endeared ourselves to them. Where they go, oh wow, they actually like really care, right? It's not mm -hmm. just like, okay, come to this post house, get the work done. All right, you know, it's like that. Like no, we're there. We are trying to make it better, and we we really do care. And that's 
you know, the in-person marketing, I guess you could say. <laughs> well, but you, you know, Rama, you've always focused your teams on being built up of facilitators, mm -hmm. you know, being people that are looking for solutions, not ways to stop the process, whether mm -hmm. it's legal, security, infrastructure, you know, and then just logistics in general, it's always, you've always, because like you said, those are easy ways to shut down a creative conversation. And any one of these offerings or these workflows or innovations over the years could easily, I mean, when, when I came back and you were doing the cloud stuff and it was so security focused, it was, uh, you guys could have, I think I went through three different presentations about the security. I still couldn't tell you what was in them, mm -hmm. but I knew that you had it covered. And, and in a way that wasn't going to impede anything I was doing. Yeah. Most of the time, like you said, when you go somewhere and they talk about security, it's more checkpoints and things you have to do to get done what you want to accomplish. This was, no, we've built this as part of the, the walls protecting you. Mm -hmm. Your entry point still requires just your key. Yeah. And you can go in and out as you please and come and go as you please and use it as you need. But everything else from any other uh, participants that you don't want around, they can't get anywhere near. Mm -hmm. And it makes a huge difference. I would yeah. say that's still the loneliest place for us. I was so hungry for those webinars, the like figuring out working from home, security, mm -hmm. join us for this and da da da. Yeah. I would join every single one of them waiting hoping someone else has this yes i'm so excited we have someone to talk to about this mm -hmm. and it was always contact your it support <laughs> contact your provider Con nobody was like taking ownership and rami and i were sitting here like we're actually sitting here calling gregory like are we crazy like have we signed up for something that we shouldn't have like why are people afraid to take ownership on this why are people afraid to say no, we've got you, but you know, it can't be understated that Thai Burmia, our CISO, really has built, um, it, it's hard to use a different word than beautiful. Like if you look at our architecture, we're happy to send you the, the daisy chain of ways, functions, fashions in which he has built something out that you won't then be able to see behind the curtain, but the various levels of protection that keep someone from seeing behind there it's beautiful. We have like 3 billion IP addresses. We have so many different integrated softwares, but you don't need to know or care about that because like Kip said, it's a key. And all of that, that was, here's the thing. I think a lot of people say no for themselves, for other people, without actually thinking through what could really be possible. It's just a lot of hard work. I don't think we've ever said no to anything because it's hard work. I think we've said no to things that, like you mentioned before, the payoff for that is not worth the time and money it would take us to get there. Mm -hmm. But something as what now almost seems simple as Cinecode, like fire up the game engine, get in there and animate, bring in an environment. Uh, now we want to add people's faces to the avatars and okay, let's get in there and figure it out. But all of that was hard work getting there, but it became something that is ubiquitous to our usage every day, the client experience. And so we just 
there's a natural proclivity, I think, especially in entertainment and technology, to say no. And we just don't do that. Ours is to go, well, let's think about it for a second. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this table, the, the very reason why the drop exists is because some of the best conversations, some of the most, the, some of the biggest ideas just have happened at this table. You and I trying to hash it out. And like, okay, have somebody come back here. Let's hash it out. Let's figure it out. And sometimes the next day, there we go. It's deployed. And we're battle testing it with Kip. We're battle testing it with Anise. We're, you know. Yeah. I mean, for the things that we have said yes to, as well as the things that we've said no to, being able to apply our software teams to improving upon how we connect everyone to their to the data that they need access to, or how we light up full environments even before they're physically built, right? So like even before you built your set, you can have it and plan and prototype inside of it. It was hard when we first started doing that. What's so satisfying now is, is using our software development prowess to make that a much more efficient process so it goes right back at you and others and then actually carves out the ability for us to profit to turn the corner and actually make a profit, that's deeply satisfying. Getting the first dollar for something that doesn't have a line item is a sheer achievement. You know, like, you know, and no one's really paying attention to that. But it always starts when someone says, okay, there's enough value here that I'll pay you a dollar, irregardless of it being a loss or a profit for us. But as you drive efficiency, as that continues on, and then you can create your margin then that's what creates sustainability. And then you can scale it out to other underserved TV shows. Because the one thing that's clear, shows like Umbrella Academy are like power users. They're going 100 miles an hour. But Ted Lasso in particular represents Previs as a possibility for the rest of TV. That's what's so cool. Like the TV, the TV that's unsuspecting of the benefits because it still takes time for them to understand how this simple tool can affect no less than 16 departments, bring benefit to their table, bring clarity of vision to all, right, in the most humble way. And, and that, that will double down on. Well, we already have. We fucking we jumped off the cliff. We are so going there, you know, because it's just mainstream TV. Like, and I remember when mainstream TV was like, oh, Oh, that's so cool. You work on TV. Oh, that's nice. It was always about feature film. It was always about working on the really high-end, groundbreaking projects that everyone was inspired by, including me. That's why when you look at them, you see what, what they're doing, what they're innovating, and then you look back towards TV and go, I think that will help, like you were saying. Uh, and then other times, there's new technologies that are not happening on TV or film. They're transcendent. And that would be centralizing your camera raw. The most basic, simple thing is still novel to this day. Yeah. What's today? November? What's the date today? November 16th in the year of our Lord 2021. There you go. Even today, it's novel. And then you have outliers like us. When it's funny, I've talked recently to a post executive that I 
respect a lot. And he was, you know, we were talking about the cloud again. So it comes up, you know, we're talking about a lot of the things that we use, the tools we're using that are making the show work better and stuff. And I, and I remember that he literally was like, I love that. Like, I love that, that, that you're doing that and that that's accessible. I don't, I can't convince everybody to do it, you know? And if, and coming from where I am, the minute I tell people they need to do it is the minute everyone says no. So the idea, basically the minute that this post executive was like, the minute I, I tell people they've got to do it, they're all going to say no and everyone's going to re rebel against it. But it's just one of the, it's just that space of like people are still acclimating to it. It's still this, you know, it's, it's a hand in hand with the whole post house thing that, you know, the traditional way of doing things is just the way we do them and why are we going to mess with it to a lot of the people that have been doing the job for a while that are like, this is the way I did it on the last seven shows. Why would I not do it the same way on this one? You know, mm -hmm. it's an interesting version of loyalty. You know, the, the, the loyalty that I enjoy is coming to you guys and going, let's do something different. You know, mm -hmm. like I want to try and expand this or try and do something like new or what you guys going, we've got a new to toy to play with or a new tool to use. What do you think? Yeah. Is there a use for it in what you're doing? Yeah, there is. Let me think about it for a minute and figure out where we can use it, you know, and then we can figure out not only how to use it, but how to use it better and yes. replace something that's already there or two things that were there before, you know, and that's the type of sort of loyalty and, and sort of uh, relationship that's exciting for me as opposed to, cool, uh, we're going to do the same thing as the last four, uh, new name, new schedule and go, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's that part, I mean, Randall used to talk about pulling up to Scrubs every day and parking his car and being like, and I have no idea what to expect today. <laughs> and that was the fun of it, you know? And that's the same thing. Like, we embark on these new shows every time, and literally, I would say, half the time I call you, that has to be the feeling of like, oh, God, what's it going to be this time? <laughs> but half the time, they're fun. Half the time, yeah. it's, you know, something where it's like, here's something that I want to try or something. I'd say that, you it's know. a solid three quarters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's been getting those calls a little longer, so the, the ratio may not be as good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but, uh, but, uh, well, I mean, it's fun to work on a show that breaks out and affects the world in a positive way. I mean, yeah, I think we're talking about conversations from way before when. Oh, when yeah. you're working on this project or that project and you're just in the the complexity of it. So when something inspires, it's much easier to yeah. go, wow, all that hard work was really worth it. Yeah. But we hit so many dead ends on certain productions that we went into where you would meet somebody. I, I remember distinctly, you know, we talk, we've talked about security, right? Security has always been a big component of a software we built. I remember going to a production and saying, oh, there's two-factor authentication. That's what allows you to be able to do this from home in your pajamas. And they go, I don't like that. Can you just turn it off? And we're like, well, your studio, your head of your security for the studio mandated that this has to be in. That's why that's why it's being used for the show. And they go, yeah, but I don't like it. And then we would leave, it'd be a dead end. And then next day we'd get an email from the head of the studio security. Can you just turn it off for this one person? <laughs> It's like, but then it just, it doesn't work. Like the soft, you know, the tool is designed to work this way. That's why this is big, why, why we built it. And they go, yeah, but this person is just too much of a hassle. And, yeah. you, and you just you just couldn't proceed forward. And that's just one example. We had so many uh, types of people that 
we, we ran across. And then that's why I said earlier, it's so lucky when we, when we meet people like you to work with that are like, no, let's keep pushing the ball forward. Let's, let's do these things. So tell me, out of all these years across the board, either your favorite fail or your favorite innovation that we've gotten to do together. I mean, I'll go. The, the easy ones for me, my favorite fail was the DFT Zoom because it was so <laughs> clear cut and it was something that I was so hot on for a minute. Yeah. And so committed to. And it was really, it was such a clear moment of like, nope, we're out, we're done, it doesn't make sense anymore. And being like, oh, all right, cool. And that was the cleanest light switch of all of the fails. And then the one, I mean, and for me, the, the introduction of the cloud and GeoPost has influenced 11 other things we've done in the recent mm -hmm. years. Yeah. And it was such a sort of an inciting incident, so to speak that has kind of triggered so many other layers and permutations yes. of different workflows that that one kind of becomes the inception point for me. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I mean, on, on Lasso, we have two novel things going on at the same time. About to be three. About to be three. Um, that, that is amazing because we've really succeeded with one or the other on a lot of different shows with different circumstances. And mm -hmm. I think that is innovative, you know, the, the non-technical part of it. It's just having some involvement with any given production, whether it's a router that we secure the home with, or whether it's previs for a little bit and then they move on. But on Lasso, it's like really holistic because Centralizing the camera raw has now spawned into just a litany of prom promo people and vendors, different people from around the world, all just getting along, having efficiency, and other post houses, right? Co-opetition there again, is now becoming kind of more routine. That's a thing, right? Whereas it was not way novel when we started. Now it's way more routine. You can have that conversation. For you guys. For us, yeah. and, and we were putting that, that kind of spirit out there, like, hey, let's work together. Uh, it makes sense, like, internet service providers work together, even while they compete. Mm -hmm. Why don't we? It just makes sense, especially today. And, and then the, 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 the story visualization, I think is just amazing, because we're just at the beginning stages of it. It might be this upcoming season where we have photoreal finished VFX elements in that environment yeah. just for your own benefit, just to have that, that review process in context yeah. to what has yet to be built, what has yet to be produced. But because like the pipeline is at various stages of progress, the game engine or the environment doesn't care. Right. doesn't care what your resolution is or where you are just utilize it in a way that's more holistic. And that's what's been happening. It's just gaining more momentum. And at the end of the day, it's just helping the production heads, the storytellers, the director, Bill, Jason, everyone, do their job in a way that's just easier. And like you said, it just gives them time back. It brings clarity to more than less. So it's just, I think the coolest thing is that that's happening now more routinely and, and with like 
velocity. Yeah. Know? No, I, I would agree. I think that's, that's the part that's exciting for me right now, too, in that I see it in that phase of like when we were going out there and like going show to show with critique. And be like, here's, here's our baby. Please be mm -hmm. nice. Like, this is what it can do for you. Mm -hmm. And then, and then when, it, when you saw it really click with somebody, it was like, I get it. I see the value. And then they go, hey, hey, come over here. I want to show you this thing. I want to show you this cool thing. And we're starting to get that with, with the previs, with the game engines. I mean, bef before I, I, I started working here, I really wanted to work in video games. So mm -hmm. like, this has been great because it's like, great. Okay, at least I'm working in game engines, right? And it's funny because I talk to people that work in the video game industry, and they're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And every single one of them has always been like, oh, yeah, that makes so much sense. And then in entertainment, it's, you know, we're still having to really, like, get people to be like, no, here's, this is how you can use, this is going to work, and, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to save you money, it's going to save you time, it's going to solve these problems that you didn't think you could solve before you were on set, you know, and, and it's been great now seeing that momentum, as you said, building up with it, and, and I, you know, I'm hoping it continues to grow. Mm -hmm. We have more than hope. <laughs> we have empirical evidence yes, at this Yes, that is point. true. Well... Gentlemen, I think that was a pretty good drop. That was fun. Yeah, yeah that's great. That was yeah. great. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next time on The Drop.